Well, good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. How many of you glad to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. I'm glad to see all of you here real quick on announcements. Get this uh, things going on. Of course, we have Brother Eric Goff with us today and tonight. Pastor Eric Goff, pastor at Lexwind Baptist Church, and so thankful to have him and his wife with us this morning and, uh, and, uh, and so forth. Coming up this week, just remember Tuesday night. Now, one thing to note on Tuesday night, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on Tuesday nights. Uh, down here in the floor, but uh, we're going to do a little time change. It's going to be at 7 o'clock. Everybody repeat that with me. What time? 7 o'clock, all right? And I promise you I'll keep it a little bit shorter than, than an hour and 20 minutes. And I will go a little bit shorter and get you out of here, but uh, that will allow me a little bit more time. That's a pretty good hike from Winston-Salem. And those folks in North Carolina can't drive a lick. Can I get an amen on that? I thought Dale Earnhardt was from North Carolina, but I'm going to tell you what. He didn't teach them anything if he was. And uh, uh, they're, they're, they're crazy drivers. Oh. We got a couple here from North Carolina today, so I better be careful. Anyway, uh, uh, so just remember that all those things going on. A ladies' ministry, you got a fellowship coming up October the 28th. You can read about that, but there is a, I believe, a sign up sheet and Dream of Staples. Uh, it's going to be at her home and uh, coming up around, right around. The, the young adults have a ministry fall festival. That's going to be at Noah and Kaylin's McMillan's house. And so, so um, there's a number there you can talk, text, and look at the difference in the age groups. For the older folks, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. For the young ones, there's a you text, you chat, you snap, you do something to let us know you're coming. And uh, the difference in how you rephrase that, even in the bulletin, is crazy. But anyway, and then then very, very important, uh, not in there, but if you can write this down for our seniors, October the 22nd, October the 22nd. Somebody tell me when that is. Thursday, thank you. Uh, so this coming Thursday, 10.30 a.m., NRG on back here in our fellowship hall, soup and sandwiches. So the, our, our seniors are going to be uh, getting back together. Brother Danny's filling up to getting that rolling again. So soup and sandwiches at 10.30 a.m. on Thursday. All right, October 22nd. Then, then real vital coming up around the corner uh, to give some time. We need some help, and we need some folks to sign up and all that. It's time to get our nursery opened up. At some point, we got to get starting getting back and so forth. And so we need some folks to that. All those with babies said amen. <laughs> and uh, uh, But uh, we need some folks to sign up, and we need helpers, obviously, to do that. And, and we'll talk about coming up some 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 ideas to help protect and so forth with all that's going on. But we're gonna get the nursery back open November starting November the first and so we need your help. There you go. And so if you can join us in helping and sign up to be a help and a blessing there. By the way, that, that's a wonderful ministry because that is so vital to our services. All right. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you're a guest with us today, thank you for being with us. And uh, uh, I'm sorry I didn't get to shake your hand and shake anybody's hand. But anyway, but uh, we're glad you're here. And uh, we'll pray you be. I pray that you be blessed and challenged by the teaching, the preaching of the Word of God. Father, what a privilege it is to assemble together today. Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to be here, to be called in Christ, as we talked about in Sunday school. Thank you for that position, Lord. Today, is a we now get ready to turn start our worship service, I pray, Lord, for, for Ethan and all those that are going to be singing today. I know our, our pianist is out and sick this morning, Lord, and uh, uh, but Lord, we're going to just acapella, and we're going to, you said, make a joyful noise to the Lord, and I pray that you'd bless them today as we sing, Lord, and uh, a little later is my friend, uh, Pastor Eric Goff, comes to preach this morning to our hearts. I pray that you'd bless him, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that you take the, the Word of God and then the, the Spirit of God to take it through the preached Word. And, and Lord, you'll apply it to our hearts. You'll challenge us. You'll change us. You'll, you'll make us. You'll mold us into what you want us to be. Thank you for that ever-living work that you do. If there would be one here that knows you not as Lord and Savior, my prayer today is they would come to the end of themselves. And today, they'd realize their need of Christ. They'd put their trust in Him and get born again by the grace of God. Now, bless our services, we pray. May Jesus be lifted up, magnified, glorified in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to church this morning. As Pastor Mike just mentioned, uh, Miss Joanne is out. And so uh, we'll definitely keep her in prayer. But also, we're just going to sing with our voices. And that is perfectly fine. And I look forward to actually hearing you guys now. Typically up here, I'm too busy trying to focus that I make sure on saying the correct lyrics that I can't hear hardly anybody. So now I'm fully anticipating uh, you all to be singing out, singing loudly so we can hear you. All right, let's go ahead and stand. Start Starting with glorify thy name. And uh, as you can see on the slides, the hymn number is on there as well if you want to look at it in the book. <clears throat> let's sing glorify thy name. Father, we love you, we worship and adore you. Glorify thy name in all the earth. Glorify thy name, glorify thy name. Flow from his throne unto his own 
His anthem raise. So exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. Magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus the King. Majesty. Worship His majesty. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Amen. And He is indeed the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, <clears throat> a verse a couple of, day, a couple of days ago in the Bible app was Philippians 2, 10 through 20. And it says that at the name of Jesus... Every knee shall bow, and in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And at the name of Jesus, all of that will happen. He's the only one worthy of our praise, and He is the great and awesome God. <clears throat> so let's sing, How Great Thou Art. <clears throat> o Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great. sparing sent him to die I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim 
my God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Man, thank you for singing. The plan was to sing an a cappella chorus of that uh, <clears throat> afterwards, but we just sang the whole thing a cappella. So thank you all for singing. Go ahead and wave and welcome one another. Go ahead and say hi to those around you. You may have a seat. <clears throat> At this time, we've got Miss Ann coming to sing the special.
But he is here with open arms today. Jesus built a bridge you cannot Jesus died on the cross, giving us the only hope of salvation that we could ever have. Even uh, at Joy Ranch, we were talking with the kids just a couple days ago about how prior to Christ, uh, they had to sacrifice animals. And the blood of bulls and goats is what was uh, appeasing God's wrath for sin. But then after Christ, that's whenever he replaced all that and came for the full satisfaction of sins past, present, and future, even for us today, 2,000 years later. So we're definitely thankful for the cross. At this time, we'll go ahead and have our word of prayer. Uh, so go ahead and pray quietly by yourself or with the person sitting beside you. And we're going to ask specifically that uh, God would show us Christ today. Father, I thank you for giving us another day to live. Thank you for giving us a beautiful day. I thank you that you built a bridge that will stand through eternity, and that bridge is the cross. I thank you, God, that all of your wrath was poured on your Son, and you gave us freedom and hope because of it. I ask that we would look to you that we wouldn't hear um, hear man's opinion or or have our ears tickled, but but that we would hear from you. I thank you, God, that you love us so much. In Jesus' name, Amen. As we just prayed, we want to see Christ above all. We again, we don't want man's opinion. Uh, we don't want uh, a couple of moving stories. We don't want you know five keys to living your best life. We, as Christians, our life must be constant death to ourselves and allowing Christ to do with us what He wants. And that's not popular or comfortable, 
but it's the best place in the world to be. And as we've sung a couple weeks back, yet not I, but Christ through me, everyone, let's please go ahead and stand. And everyone can join in as we sing this song. Yet not I, but Christ in me. Turn it up in the monitors, please. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. For my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. The night is dark, but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior, He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing. For in my need, His power is displayed. To this I hold. My shepherd will defend me Through the deepest valley he will lead Oh, the night has been won And I shall overcome Yet not I, but through Christ in me No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold. My sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. All oh, the chains are released. I can sing. I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. With every breath, I long to follow Jesus. For he has said that he will bring me home. And day by day, I know he will renew me. A 
until I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Amen. Thank you for singing. You may be seated. And again, that is the whole entire point. It's for us to see Christ, not me, not anybody else, but just to see Him. All right. Well, I'm going to ask my friend, Pastor Eric Goff, if he'd come on up and uh, and uh, you get your, the Word of God out and get ready for the preaching this morning. And uh, he's... Uh, He's a good friend of mine, been friends for a long time now. Uh, we endured Greek together and Bible college together, and, uh, and uh, I'm glad to have my friend here to preach to our hearts this morning. All right, if you would, take your Bibles and turn to, uh, turn to the book of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy 3, and uh, it's good to see you this morning, and uh, it's cool up here this morning. You say it's not cool here. It's cool where it's cool compared to where I'm from. Uh, down the hill, it's a little warmer. It's usually about ten degrees difference between uh, between here and Winston Salem, and uh, so uh, it's a little cool. But I tell you, it's beautiful. We were up here yesterday as a family. We just drove through Hillsville and on out. There was a lot of people uh, on the parkway yesterday. There's a lot of people uh, over at Meadows of Dan yesterday. You couldn't hardly get in, uh, get off the road at Meadows of Dan. So we've enjoyed our time up here this weekend. 2 Timothy 3, uh, I told you to turn there, and I'm in, in another passage. That's not good. But I'll get there. Amen. God's help us. We'll get there. 2 Timothy 3. I enjoyed seeing a few things this morning. I'm going to tell you a few things I, I've enjoyed seeing. Number one, I've enjoyed seeing the uh, young adult class. I didn't hear any of the teaching. I didn't know you got started that early. I got here early, but I didn't know you started that early. I may would have come in and heard some of the teaching. Uh, but I enjoy seeing young adults. Uh, it's uh, uh, the church has got to go on, and so if we're going to, uh, if the church is going to go forward in the next generation, you're going to have to train your young adults. So I do enjoy seeing that, uh, and then, and then I'm going to have to get me some sort of ID badge. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you miss Sunday school, uh, you miss a blessing. I mean, I, I didn't even get caught up on the notes. I I, I didn't even know I had a, a, a sheet till my wife started pointing at one. And uh, then finally, I got caught up with Brother Mike, 
And uh, then when he got out that ID badge, my goodness, I about shouted on that. Uh, we have access, and uh, we have access. I like this, what he said, day one. Day one. When you said, I do, he said, you've got access. Amen. And so I've enjoyed the Sunday school hour. Uh, I've enjoyed being able to see the young adults coming here early. Uh, to see a group of young people come early, that's a blessing. That's a blessing, because... Uh, even where we're at, I don't know that I have a group of young people who would come early to church and uh, get here before the Sunday school hour. We, we don't even have Sunday school yet. Things are a little different everywhere. Uh, I, I didn't wear a mask in. I did, I did get up and wear a mask to the, to the restroom between services. Uh, and my wife says, you better wear a mask. And everybody's wearing a mask. And, and I don't wear a mask down in Winston. Uh, if, if I'm outside, I'm, I'm more comfortable. If I'm inside, I may wear one. Uh, and uh, so things are just different. And I told her, I said, when you're in Rome, just do as the Romans do. Give me a mask. I'm going to go to the restroom. So, but anyway, so if I stand, if I seem like standoffish today, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here so I don't offend anybody. It's not my desire whatsoever to offend you. Uh, and so, uh, I, I don't know. I was talking to one of the deacons. I, I know I see one over here, but I don't know where the other one's at. He's right here too. Both of them on this side. And uh, I said, well, I don't know who's shaking hands and who's not. So I'm not sticking my hand out to you. I will shake your hand if you stick your hand out to me. That's just the way I'm going to be today. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad to be the friend of Mike Wells. He's been a blessing to me. He talked about we endured Greek. Uh, he... And uh, one of the other guys, Michael Poindexter, man, they aced Greek. Uh, they had a carpet behind them when they went through Greek. And everybody else in the class was on that carpet, and they were dragging them through Greek. Uh, I still have on my iPad, uh, I still have on my iPad that Quizlet. And uh, if we hadn't had Quizlet, oh, I'd have failed Greek. And, uh, but Brother Mike, he always put up something on Quizlet that we could study. And uh, so if it hadn't been for Brother Mike, I wouldn't have passed Greek. I wouldn't have graduated Bible college, and, and I'm very glad to uh, to be his friend. It's good to have my wife here with me this morning. Uh, we're, uh, I tell you, this is different, and I'll tell you why it's different. Uh, my son-in-law and my daughter are missionaries to West Virginia. Somebody say West Virginia. <laughs> I was born and raised in West Virginia. Let me tell you how, look just how God works. At 17 years old, my mom and dad decided to move to North Carolina. And it took me a long time to accept the fact that North Carolina would be my home. And uh, I did not did not want to call North Carolina my home. Uh, but God has, like He said, He he interrupted my plans. He butted into my plans. And uh, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I, my wife was like one of the first things that happened to me there in North Carolina. I got married shortly after I, I entered into North Carolina. Uh, a year later, my son was born. And we're very close. I've got We've got three children. My, my wife and I have got three children. Uh, 29-year-old, he was here just preaching for you a few weeks ago, and uh, then that's our oldest son, then, then my daughter's 25, I'm going to get this right, right? Okay, <laughs> and so I'll look to her to make sure I'm getting it right, but she's now with uh, with my son-in-law, and they're in West Virginia, and uh, God allowed that young man to get saved, and uh, his life done a 360, and he started heading toward the Lord as fast as he could, he went to Bible college, the same place me and Brother Mike did, he graduated. My daughter had a lot of, our daughter had a lot of health issues. She had to be, we had to pull her out of Pensacola Christian College. And uh, just as soon as we pulled her out, he proposed to her. They got married and they moved to West Virginia to plant a church. And so that's the, that's the farthest our children are away. And our youngest son still lives at home. He's 24. 
he just got engaged, and so who knows when he'll get married. He does things his way, and uh, so uh, uh, you just have to, sometimes you just have to learn to appreciate people doing things their way, and so uh, he's a good young man, and he he leads our music at our church. Uh, he, he's a choir leader. He sings a lot of specials. Uh, he'll be he'll be with me tonight. My whole family's coming back tonight, and so I want you to come. Uh, I've asked Brother Mike if they could sing some specials for you. Uh, my piano player's coming. Uh, he uh, and and so we're going to bring a whole van load back tonight. And so as soon as this service is over, I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to go back. I've got a discipleship going on at two o'clock. I'm going to disciple a congregation of people. I don't know where we're going to eat, what time we're going to eat, but we're going to do discipleship, grab, grab the church van, and right back up here for 6.30 tonight, and just try to be a help and a blessing to you, okay? Um, so, you pray for me. I'm kind of nervous. I'm nervous. And uh, that's not usually my, that's not usually me on Sunday morning. The reason being is I'm always preaching to the same crowd, and there's no nerves there. But nerves is not a bad thing. Nerves is a good thing. And uh, so, you pray for me. And I'll be praying for you, okay? Uh, we're at Second Timothy 3, and uh, I don't usually preach like I'm preaching. That's another reason I'm nervous, uh, is because I'm going to be not all over the Bible, but I'm going I'm to be in the Bible, but it's, I've got a couple things I want to do first. Uh, I was praying the other morning. I knelt down on my, uh, at my bedside, and I was praying, and the Lord just changed my thought for this morning service. And uh, because I had a message that I wanted to preach, which more than likely I'll preach this evening, but uh, this morning service uh, got a change in my thought process, and uh, and I believe it's going to be very encouraging for you. But it's going to have to I'm going to have to get it from more than one source. So not I mean more than one passage of scripture. So we're going to start in Second Timothy. You're already in Second Timothy three. Now let's go over. Hold your finger there. Go over to the book of Jude. That's right before Revelation. Right before Revelation. I'll try to read fast. If you can listen fast, and we'll be done fast. Amen. But you don't believe that, do you? Brother Mike said the preacher that just preached y'all's revival meeting was a 30-minute man. He said, I'm going to work on that. He said, maybe there's something to that. He said, I'm a 40 to 50-minute guy. I fit in his shoes. Amen. And so you pray for us, and we'll, we'll preach as fast as the Lord led us this morning. 2 Timothy 3. Uh, we're going to read five verses here. We're going to go to the book of Jude. We're going to read four or five verses in the book of Jude. And then we're going to go back to Romans chapter number 8. So we've got three places we want to go. Let's ask God to help us before we, before we get started. Our Father, we're thankful that you've given us the privilege of standing here this morning, Victory Way Baptist Church. I'm very thrilled to be here. I'm, I'm honored that Brother Mike would even ask me to come. And uh, Lord, it just uh, it just it, it just tears me up to think about being here this morning. I'm I'm nervous, and God, I need your help. Uh, I'm dependent upon you this morning, and by faith, right now, I want to yield my life to you. I want to be a blessing to these folks that are here. There could be some listening in in uh, on the radio. There could be some watching by way of live stream. I want to be a blessing this morning. You know that, and God, you want to be a blessing, and I know that because Lord, you changed my message and give me this encouraging type message. And so I pray you'd use it today to encourage this congregation of people. We're living a very difficult day right now, but God, there's still encouragement, and I want them to see it this morning. And just as the song said, I wanted to see them through Jesus Christ. And so God, I pray you'd help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Timothy 3, and we're going to read verses, uh, verses 1 through 5. Know this, uh, uh, or, or these, this verse of Scripture, verse 1 said, This know also that in the last days... 
perilous times shall come. That's dangerous times. Uh, would you say we're in dangerous times? Uh, would you agree that we're in perilous times? And God wants you to know that. And uh, look at verse 2. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Do you, you know any children that are disobedient to their parents? Do you know any children that are disobedient to their parents? You may know somebody outside of church that has children that are disobedient to their parents. Well, that's the day we're living in. We're in perilous times. Think about this. They're disobedient to parents. They're unthankful. You know any people that are unthankful? That's the days we're living in. They're unholy. Uh, the Bible goes on and says, without natural affection, uh, truce breakers, false accusers. Men don't keep their word today. Truce breakers. Men don't keep their word. Uh, false accusers. They're incontinent. That means they can't, they can't control themselves. They have no control. And uh, when the Bible says as Christians we're supposed to be in control, uh, but the Spirit is supposed to do the controlling. Be not drunk with wine when is excess, but be filled. That means to be controlled by the Spirit. Men today are not controlled by the Spirit. They're controlled by self. And that's the day we live in. That's the day we live in. We're in perilous times. Now let's finish reading this passage. They're traitors. They're heady. They're high-minded. They're lovers of pleasures. More than lovers of God. I'm not going to beat people up that were on the parkway yesterday because I was on the parkway yesterday. But there's a lot of people on the parkway today and guess where they should be? They should be in the house of God. But they're not. You know why? Because we're in perilous times. We're in the last days. And uh, you want to be able to explain why there's so many people on the lake today. You want to you want to play, explain why so many people at the ball field today. You want to explain why so many people uh, or any recreation. I could go on and name all of them on the golf course or on the parkway or wherever. You want to be able to explain that. It's it's right here because the Bible says in Second Timothy three and verse number four, there 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 are men who love pleasure. Right. Notice this. They love pleasure more than they love God. You know why churches are not full today? I'll tell you why churches are not full today. Because they love pleasure more than they love God. You know why you're in church today? Because you love God more than you love pleasure. We're in perilous times. Notice verse 5. Having a form of godliness. If you met somebody that was out on the golf course today, and I'm just using that for an example. If you play golf, I'm not against you. Just don't play on Sunday till after church. Amen. But if you met somebody on the golf course today, you know they would tell you how much they love God. You met somebody fishing today out on the lake, guess what? They'd tell you how much they love God. The Bible says they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Verse number 5. And notice what it says, from such turn away. From such turn away. Now, you've read that. That is a description of the days that we live in. Now go over to the book of Jude, and we're going to continue to add to that description. You said, Preacher, you're supposed to come and encourage us, not discourage us. Just give me time. Just give me time. I mean, look, we need 50 minutes. Amen. And for the first 20, we'll, we'll tell you how bad things are. And for the last 30, we'll tell you how good things are. By the way, God's still good. God's still good. I promise you, uh, no matter how bad it is, and no matter how bad you hate that mask you've got to wear, God's still good. And uh, so look at Jude with me. And uh, over in verse number 4. Notice this. It said, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Notice, ungodly men. 
turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, that right there is sensual lust, sexual lust. Think about this. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me over to verse 8. It says, Likewise also these filthy dreamers. Notice, uh, Brother Mike touched on the flesh being the, being the, uh, 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 being the, your biggest trouble in the world today. Notice this. They defile the flesh. These, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and they speak evil of dignities. Have you ever heard anybody on, uh, let's see here, uh, CSNBC, NBC, ABC, all these, have you ever heard anybody say anything bad about Donald Trump? Raise your hand if you've ever heard anything, anybody say something bad about Donald Trump. Raise your hand if you've heard anybody say something bad about Donald Trump. We live in perilous times. And people are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Now I'm from North Carolina and our governor is Roy Cooper. I know a little bit about your governor too. Yeah, I appreciate the go ahead. But here's the thing. I am not a Roy Cooper fan. Just I'm not. And I'm not going to go into politics, okay. But watch this right here. The Holy Spirit of God convicted me about speaking evil of dignities. Hey, listen, if Joe Biden wins, you know what the Bible commands us to do? Pray for him. I don't want him to win. I'm just going to tell you where I stand. I don't want him to win. But if he wins, the Bible commands Christians to pray for Him. That we might what? That we might live a peaceful and godly life. Hey, listen. We live in a world... You said, Preacher, can you help me understand a little bit about what's going on today? Yeah, we live in a perilous world. We live in a dangerous world. We live in a world where where uh, we he hear people from... Hey, listen, even Fox News treads the water a little bit. And I'm talking about all the newscasts. Man, they don't do nothing but down our president. Where's that come from? They're ungodly men. They're ungodly women. They're people who speak evil of dignity and they don't stick with the Bible. Amen. We're in perilous times. We have forsaken the God of the Bible. Now, watch this. Now, I promise you this message is going to get better. Okay, notice this in verse 16. These are murmurers. You ever hear him murmuring? <laughs> I hate wearing masks. Ain't that a murmur? <laughs> Watch this. I'm telling you, which is the day we live in. They're murmurers. They're complainers. You know what? I just want to give you a piece of just, just a thought here. You remember what happened to the children of Israel over in the wilderness when they started murmuring and complaining? Somebody tell me what happened. God killed them. Ain't you glad we live in grace? God killed them. For complaining. God was good to the children of Israel. I'm talking about better than good. Because what's just right here? Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. All they had to do was open the door and go out and get their food in the morning and they had enough food to last all day. And they, and that was for 40 years. Water was fresh all the time. God supplied all their needs. And tell me this, has not God supplied all your needs? But because we're in the last days and we've allowed the world to affect us, we have become, Christians have become murmurers and complainers. Right? Now watch this. They're murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust. Whew. 
Their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Look at verse number, look at verse number, uh, 18. We'll just go to verse 19. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. What we've just done is, we've painted a picture, and God gave me these verses the other day just to share with you, but we've painted a picture of gloom and doom. Who in here wants, who in here likes bad news? Raise your hand if you like bad news. Nobody likes bad news. And so what I've done is I've just painted you a picture of gloom and doom. And uh, you said, Preacher, don't leave us this way. Please don't leave us this way. That's not my intentions, nor is it God's intention. God's intention is to be very encouraging. God wants to help you. Uh, I don't believe God wants us to be discouraged. I believe God wants us to be encouraged. And that's my desire today is to leave you encouraged. You and I live in the midst of a a, a perilous world. We live in the midst of a dark world. I've got a few notes jotted down here, and uh, and I promise you, I am completely out of sorts this morning. I don't have the same paper I used to write on. I write on. I'm kind of a stickler. I write on the same paper every week. It's cut the same way. It's. I mean, everything's the same. I'm a routine guy. Today, there's nothing about me that's routine. I'm upside down today. You say, no, you look like you're up on the inside. I'm upside down. It's not my intention to leave you discouraged. But watch this right here. I'm going to give you these three things quickly, then I'll get into the message. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and Jude, verses 4, 8, 16 through 20, we read of the, of the, of the, the conditions of our day. Uh, they're dark days, number one. Everybody say amen on dark days. Okay, they're dark days. We live in dark days. Can I remind you in John 9, 5 what Jesus said? He said, I'm the light of the world. Pay attention. This screen that was up here a minute ago that's talking about let's see Jesus today. Let's in prayer time. We want to see Jesus. Jesus even said Himself, look, these are dark days that you're in because Jesus here, by way of the Holy Spirit, has authored the Scriptures and we have the Scriptures here to tell us and describe for us these days. They are dark days. But listen to this. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But not only are they dark days, they're deceptive days. Can you tell me really who you can believe these days? Is there anybody that you really trust? Jesus said this, uh, even though they're deceptive days, watch this right here. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, he's the way, He's the one that you can trust. Amen. So we have dark days, but He's the light of the world. We have deceptive days, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then we have discouraging days. These are days of great discouragement. Uh, uh, suicide is at an all-time high right now. Uh, suicide in many places throughout the United States are twice as high as they was last year at the same time. Uh, alcoholism is at an all-time high. Depression is at an all-time high. I was watching uh, TV yesterday at the house before we got ready to come up here uh, and, and, just, and just ride around. And I was watching, and commercials would come on. And maybe you've already noticed this. How many commercials have you seen uh, that, that uh, the, these people are pushing medications that deal with people's depression? 
I'm talking about almost every other commercial is a new pill come out uh, that will help you with medication. Bipolar depression and, and discouragement and all these things. There's just more medication, more medication. Just throw another pill at it. These are very discouraging days. But let me remind you of what the Bible says in, Ju- in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 9. Jesus said, Have not I commanded thee to be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. He said, whether it's dark, he said, I'm with you. He said, if, if it's a time where, uh, if it's a time where uh, men are all deceivers, he said, I'm with you. He said, if it's a time where all days are discouraging, he said, I'm with you. He said, lo, I'm with thee all the way even to the end of the world. Amen. So those are some encouraging things. We've looked at the condition of our day. We've seen the darkness of our day, the peril of our day, but now, Let's look at what I would call the prescription or the antidote for this dark time. Look with me in Romans 8. And we're going to read from verse 28 down to verse 39. Romans 8, verse 28 down to verse 39. To me, in the Bible, you can't read a more encouraging passage of Scripture. You cannot. I don't think there's another passage of Scripture in all the Bible that you could read that would be more encouraging than the verses that I just pointed out to you. Romans 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Think about this. The dark days, the deceptive days, the discouraging days, God said all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow. He's talking about us. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. God has a plan, and God's plan will not be interrupted because of COVID-19. God's plan will not be interrupted because it's dark, because it's deceptive, and because it's discouraging. God's plan is to pre- He predestinated us to be conformed to the image of His dear Son. That's encouraging if you ask me. That's very encouraging. Now think about this that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, and whom he justified, then he also glorified. Here was where I'll come back to, but I love this verse of Scripture. Notice this, it says, What shall we then say to these things? What things? These dark things. These deceptive things. These discouraging things. What shall we say to these things? You know, I believe it's okay to look at times that we're living in and speak to them. Speak to them. What did Jesus say when, when Peter got in his way? When Jesus said he's, he's got to go on to Calvary. He's, he's got to go on to Jerusalem. He's going to be betrayed by sinful men. He's going to, he's going to uh, be nailed to the cross and he's going to give his life for the sins of all the world. And Peter jumped up and said, not so. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. Jesus spoke to the obstacle that was in his way. I believe it's okay for us to look at dark times, uh, deceptive times, discouraging times, and say, get thee hence, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for me, then who can be against me? The encouraging part of these days is that God is for us. Y'all all look excited about it. I'm glad God's for me. I like the old song that said, I'm on the winning side. I'll get my son to sing that tonight. I once was out in sin 
And listen here, but now I'm on the winning side. And and I'm just telling you, uh, that's a great place to be. We're in Christ. And when you're in Christ, no matter the darkness or the deception or the discouragement, hey, you are on the winning side. Notice as we go on, this encouraging passage, verse 32. He, talking about God here, that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He... Not with Him also freely give us all things. Boy, God has a plan. God has a plan. Who likes that song, that hymnal song said, There shall be showers of blessings. I like it. I don't know if you know that song or not. You need to get acquainted with it. There shall be showers of blessings. This is the promise of love. I'm telling you, God has a plan, and God's plan is, in spite of darkness, in spite of deception, and in spite of discouragement, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you. I'm telling you, it is true what God says. I'm just going to go and testify. Is it okay if I testify? Let me testify to you. When I started in this year, I had a plan. <laughs> My plan and God's plan didn't seem to be the same plan. I'm sure you feel the same way. And when COVID-19 hit and everything began to shut down and all, listen, everything, our lives changed, we thought this was going to be the worst year of our lives. I'm going to tell you something. This has turned out to be one of the greatest years of my life. Father's Day, my wife come to me. She said, I want to do something for you. All you men in here love for your wife to do this. Maybe your wife's already done this. But on Father's Day, my wife come to me and she said, you know what? She said, you've always given me the best vehicle that we drove. I want my wife to have the best vehicle. I don't want her to break down. I'd rather break down than her break down. Somebody say amen right there. Some of you men ought to say amen. I don't want my wife to break down because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Amen. I promise you that. But she'd come to me on Father's Day, Brother Mike, and said, I want to do this for you. I said, no. She said, you ain't even heard what it was. I said, it, it, it has to do with money and ain't no way. She said, I want to buy you, I want to buy you a truck. I said, buy me a truck. I said, are you kidding me? She said, no, I want to buy you a truck. I said, we ain't borrowing no money. I'm not signing my name to no line. Forget about it. She said, what if you don't have to borrow no money? I said, if you ain't got to borrow no money, I'll think about it. I promise you, honestly, before God, the Holy Spirit of God said, what kind of woman, or I said, what kind of woman would want to buy their husband a truck? And the Holy Spirit of God said, the kind of woman that loves you. And you are the letter. So I finally conceded that. It wasn't real hard. I mean, the Lord didn't have to like rip my arm out of the socket or anything. Didn't even have to twist it much. But I said, okay, okay, if you love me that much, I'm going to let you buy it. And she did. And I got a truck set in my driveway and a title in my drawer. In the midst of COVID-19. In the midst of dark days. Are you listening to me? In the midst of deceptive days. You don't know what to believe. In the midst of discouraging days, and she lives with the most discouraging individual, discouraged individual on the planet. I, my daddy was a bipolar man. He suffered with bipolar. I suffer with depression, and I go up and down like a yo-yo, and she has to live with me. But listen to me, in the midst of it all, God said, hey, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you. My daughter and son-in-law took a church in West Virginia, they were voted in 100% and voted out 100% in three months. They made it three months. 
Now they still live in West Virginia. They've, they've changed courses. They're going to plant a church and they don't even draw a salary. But ever since they've been in West Virginia, guess what? God. Everybody say, but God. But God. God has supplied. You remember what Paul said over in Philippians 4.13, I believe it is. But my God, no, not 4.13, 4.19 or 4.18 right in there. It said, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's good news in spite of the dark days. There's good news in spite of the deceptive days. And there's good news in spite of the discouraging days. God is still on the throne. Amen. Now watch this. The Bible says, He that spared not his own son, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Verse 33, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. It is, He's justified me. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for me? We can right then go back to Romans 8.31 say, If God is for me, then who can be against me? Look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Here's what that verse means simply. What it says here, who or what shall separate us? Nothing. What if it's dark, preacher? God's still in control. What if it's deceptive, preacher? God's still in control. What if it's discouraging, preacher? God is still in control. Verse number 36 says, As it is written, For thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Notice verse 38 and 39. I love these two verses of Scripture. I am persuaded. It'd do you some good right now, this morning, to go ahead and get focused on what God says. Are you listening? It'd do you some good to get focused on what God says. Because we live in perilous times. The days are dark. They're deceptive. They're discouraging. But God says, here it is. The writer here, the Apostle Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have... Uh, we have and we live in the midst of these times, these dark times, these perilous times. But I want to say this this morning, God is for us. God is for us. As I was walking the other day, I try to walk at 8 o'clock every morning. I get up, my wife goes off to work, and we try to get her out the door. And she goes off to work, and I spend a lot of my morning hours alone, just me and the Lord. And so I go out at 8 o'clock in the morning. I knelt down after I'd got my walking clothes on and, and began to pray, and God give me this message to share with you this morning. And, and I began to meditate on it as I was walking. And, and so if I just tell you, hey, be encouraged, God's for you. That don't help much, does it? Be encouraged. Hey, God's for us. We're more than God. That don't help too much. So I got to meditating on this thing. How do I know that God's for me? How do I know that God's for me? That's one of the questions that popped up in my mind. How do I know that God is for me? How do you know God's for you? Do you know God's for you? I know God's for us. I'm going to answer that question on how do I know that God's for us by saying this, because of what He gave for us. Because of what He gave for us. It's really not what He gave, but who He gave. Amen? So, I'm going to just give you a thought here this morning on uh, how do I know that God is for me? In the midst of dark times, 
deceptive times, discouraging times, and we could go on and, and broaden the view of it. But I want to say this. How do I know God's for me? Paul said, I'm persuaded. He sounded like he knew God was for him, didn't he? Boy, watch this. I'm going to answer this. How do I know God's for us? By saying, by what He gave. What did God give us? What did God give us? Can you, can you, can you look at these things this morning? Just right out of the, uh, the, 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 the abundance of your heart and say, this is what God gave me. I know He's for me. And no matter what I have to face, hey, I'm going to be alright. Think about this now. Number one, I'm going to give you the message now. How do I know God's for me? Well, number one, because of what He gave. For us, number one, he gave his son for us. He gave his son for us. You you asked about in prayer about seeing Jesus. Well, the first point of my message is about Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, go with me to John chapter three. You said, preacher, I don't need to turn there if you're going to quote verse number sixteen. This is one of the verses of scriptures you need to know because the days are dark. They're deceptive, and guess what? They're discouraging. You need to know John 3 and verse number 16. The Bible says in John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know God is for me because of what God's gave to me, and first of all, God gave His Son to me. Amen. And, and if He wasn't for me, do you think He'd give His Son for me? If He wasn't for you, do you think He'd give His Son for you? No way. Uh, listen, God cares for you. He said, how do I know God cares? Because how much He showed He cared by giving His Son. Notice what verse 17 said, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. God didn't come here to condemn you. God did not come here to condemn you. You was condemned already because you had not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. In other words, you haven't put your faith in Him, you're already condemned. Jesus didn't come to condemn, Jesus come to save. In Luke 19.10, He said, For the Son of Man come to seek and to save that which is lost. How do I know God's for me? Give His Son for me. Notice, it said, For God sent not His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. His Son. I was thinking about He gave us His Son. Back over in Genesis 22, when Abraham and Isaac was going up the mountain, uh, Isaac said, Dad, i got the wood, I've got the fire. He said, but I don't, I, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And, and notice what it, the father looked back. Abraham looked over, he said, Son, God will provide Himself a lamb. A ram. Amen. A, a ram was caught in the thicket. God provided for Abraham and Isaac. And God has provided for you and me through His Son, Jesus Christ. I know God's for me because He gave His Son to me. Amen. He's our sacrificial lamb. He's the Savior of the world according to Matthew 1 and verse 21. And John the Baptist declared Him to be the Son of God. God is for me. Everybody say together. I want everybody here in Hillsville, Virginia to speak out so people watching by way of live stream can hear you say this. God is for me. Now you say it. You ought to be very encouraged by that. God is for me. Preacher, but you told us about all these all these difficult times, these dark times, all this, all this, these times of distraction and all this deception, all this stuff going on. Yeah, but God's for you. And if God's for you, who can be against you? What can be against you? Nothing's going to separate you from God. Amen. So number one, how do I know God's for me? Because He gave His Son to me. But not only did He give His Son. See, God's the kind of God who just keeps on giving. Somebody shake your head like this, look like you're alive or something. 
He just keeps on giving. Years and years ago, I sung in a, a youth choir in West Virginia, and we sung this song that it goes kind of like this. If it keeps on, if it keeps on blessing and blessing, if it keeps on giving a song, and it, if it keeps, his love gets, keep getting richer, if it keeps on giving a song or something, it just goes on and on. God is a God that just keeps going on and on. Hey, the darker things seems to get with God, the things seem to get brighter and brighter. Don't be excited about it. I'm excited about God being on my side. Matter of fact, I'm excited about being on God's side. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. But not only has He given me His Son, He's shown that He cares and He loves me and He proved it to me because He gave us His Spirit. I heard the teacher uh, this morning uh, talking about uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed us unto the day of redemption. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit of God lives in me. And when I'm, uh, when I'm on the bottom of, of discouragement, and when I'm facing, uh, deceptive times and, and dark days, listen here, the Holy Spirit lifts me up and He keeps on encouraging me and He says this, I am with you. He's given us His Son, He's given us His Spirit. Go with me to John 14. Notice I like the Bible. John 14, I love the verses of the Bible. John 14, notice what the Bible says in verse 16. John 14, 16, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He he shall, shall, that's a promise, give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Who's ever heard that song, He Abides? He abides, He abides, hallelujah, He abides with me. I'm well aware that you have a different hymnal than I've got, but I'm telling you, I, you need to borrow a hymnal that I've got. He abides, I'm glad that the Holy Spirit of God abides with me. Think this, watch this. He abides with you forever. How long forever? What about if it's dark? He's there. What about if it's deceptive? He's there. What about if I'm discouraged? He's there. He's there in spite of the circumstances. Praise God, He abides forever. Notice this, verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus goes on and says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Notice again what the Bible says just over in chapter number 16 and verse number 13. John 16 and verse number 13. And Jesus said this, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me. But preacher, but what if it's dark? He's going to glorify Him. And the Holy Spirit through you is going to glorify Jesus Christ. If it's dark, if it's deceptive, if it's discouraging, uh, listen, it don't matter the circumstances. He is going to work through you to glorify Him. I believe three things about the Spirit. I believe in the guiding work of the Holy Spirit according to the verse we just read in John sixteen thirteen. But I also believe in the groaning work of the Spirit. Uh, are you not glad that that the Holy Spirit, not only does He abide, but He also is in you praying for you. Who in here knows exactly what to ask for when they're praying before God? Nobody. I don't know exactly what to ask for. I've been asking God for specific things, and I may not even know what I'm asking for. But I promise you the Holy Spirit of God that lives within me knows exactly what to ask for that will be to my betterment. Amen. So look what with me in Romans chapter number 8. 
Romans chapter 8, you say, Preacher, this is supposed to be a sermon and not a Bible study, but I just put them both together like Brother Mike does. Look here, I believe in the groaning work of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 and verse number 26, the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit is praying for us, and He's on our side. He's in us, praying for us. I believe in the groaning work of the Holy Spirit. But I also believe in the goading work of the Holy Spirit. So what is that? Uh, it's the Spirit of God who pokes me and prods me to get up and get going. Do you know what? The church should not be dead in these days. Can I ask you a question? How many people have you handed a gospel tract to since COVID-19? I stopped at a yard sale right down here. I don't see if I... Is she here? I don't know if she's here or not. I'm looking. I'm scanning the congregation. Just yesterday, right up on top of the hill over here, I stopped at a yard sale. I told this woman, I said, uh, you go to church? She said, well, I go to church in Fort Chiswell. I said, well, uh, you going to go to church tomorrow? She said, well, I don't know if I'll go tomorrow. She said, our preacher left. And she said, you remind me of her. I said, I don't, com I don't quite comprehend that, but either way. And so uh, I didn't say anything. I, I invited her to church this morning. And then I got over here on the parkway somewhere, went to another yard sale, and I was over there passing out gospel tracts and trying to witness to people. And, and listen here, just because we're faced with dark days. Are you listening? Just because it's times of deception and you don't know what to believe. Just because it's times of discouragement and you just don't feel like going on, God said there's a Holy Spirit in you, my Holy Spirit's in you, and He's going to goad you to go forward. Church, listen, you should not be dead. This is the greatest time. This is the greatest time for us to shine. This church should be a bright beacon on top of this hill right here in Hillsville, Virginia. We should be getting the gospel out farther right now. You said, preacher, but we can't go to people's house and knock on doors. Go knock on their door and back up off the porch. Talk to them from the yard. Do something. Speak to your coworker. Many people are still working. Speak to your coworker. Pass out the gospel. I believe in the goading work of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2.13 says it's He that works in us. He's working in us. Look with me if you can over in Philippians 2.13. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it here to you. But in Philippians 2.13, the Bible says this, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. The Holy Spirit of God is working in us. Amen. How do I know God's for me? Number one, He gave His Son. Number two, He gave His Spirit. Number three, He gives something I'm very fond of. He gave us the Scripture. Who in here has at least one Bible in their, in their home? Raise your hand if you've got at least one Bible in your home. Do you know that you're among the elite? Because there's people all over the world that doesn't even have one page of the Scripture, and we've got at least one copy of the Scripture in our home. Now let me ask you another question. Don't raise your hand. I don't want to incriminate you and don't want you to incriminate yourself. But have you read your Bible through this year? Are you working at reading your Bible through this year? I'm going to say God give us His Word as a revelation of Himself and we should read it to find out more about Him. You want to know that God's, in, God's for you? Then just get in the Bible. Get in the Bible. I love the Bible. We have His Son. We have His Spirit. We have the Scriptures. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable 
for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That in verse 17 said, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God don't want you to stay as a baby. God wants you to grow up unto perfection. And He give you the Scriptures to help you do that. Uh, the times are dark. Yes, get a light. Read your Bible. The times are deceptive. You say, I don't know who to believe. You can believe the Bible. It's the same yesterday. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have a revelation of God here in our lap. God's for you. He give us the Scripture. Second Peter 1 and 21 said uh, that holy men of God spake as God moved upon him, God breathed upon him. We have a, uh, we have the inheritance of Scripture here. God breathed and give us this book. Amen. I was thinking about a few things. I believe in the converting power of the Scripture. Romans ten seventeen says, "So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." Does anybody ever get discouraged in these days? Does everybody, does everybody kind of get troubled in these days? Uh, faith grows when you get in your Bible. Confidence grows when you get in your Bible. I believe in the converting power of the Scripture. I believe in the cleansing power. Brother Mike was talking about it a few minutes ago. And he even asked this about who still struggles with sin. I'm going to tell you something. This book right here will keep you from sin. I promise you it will. But I'm going to tell you what, sin will keep you from the book. You've heard that before. That's not just a cliche, that is the truth. I believe in the cleansing power of Scripture. What did David say in the Psalm 119, verse number 9? He said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to the Scripture. I believe in the cleansing power of the Scripture. What about the controlling power of the Scripture? Psalm 119, verse 105 said, Thy word is a lamp unto me, unto my feet, a light unto my path. I believe we get in this book right here to control us. Matter of fact, I sat down at my, in front of my Bible last night and I was quoting Scripture. At two o'clock, we quote Scripture for about the first 30 minutes of the service. We've got at least 10 people taking the alphabet, letter A all the way to letter Z, including my three-year-old grandson. We've got at least 10 people quoting Scripture, and we're all the way up to the letter J. So I was quoting my Scriptures last night. And I get over to Proverbs 16.3, and it said this right here. It says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. And a light bulb come on. I've quoted it for weeks now. But a light bulb come on. I said, Finally, he showed me what it meant. Lord, I don't know how to do this. He said, give it to me. And then he said, I'll teach you how to do it. You see, I believe in the controlling work of this book right here. Anybody not know how to do something? God says, commit it to me. I'll show you how to do it. Brother Mike does things. I think somebody run up him a minute ago and brought him back to the sound room and I see all this technology and everything. I am not a man of technology. I have no idea. I have no idea. But you know what God says? Just commit it to me. I'll teach you how to do it. Dark days. Deceptive days. Discouraging days. God said, just give it to me. I'll get you through it. God's for you. God's for you. So we'll see. How do I know God's for me? He gave me His Son. He gave me His Spirit. He gave me His Scripture. I like this one right here a whole lot. God shared it with me the other day. How about the sufficiency of His grace? Ain't you glad for grace? What is grace? This is what it is. It's been said it's God's riches at Christ's expense. God has given us His grace. The very first mention of someone having grace in the, in the Scriptures was Luke 2 
and verse number 40. You know who that was? That was Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus Christ Himself. Did you hear what the Scripture just said? Watch this. In Luke 2.40, the Bible says, And the child grew, talking about Jesus, and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. Notice, and the grace of God was upon Him. If Jesus Christ needed grace, I need grace. You know what you need in days like we're living? Grace. I need grace. You need grace. And we all need God's grace. I believe this in the sufficiency of God's grace. How do I know God's for me? Because He's given us sufficient grace. I could read you several more passages, but over in 2 Corinthians 8, I'm going to read this to you. Uh, there's another place, this is another people, if you will, that had the grace of God on their life. And it was the Macedonian church. Uh, the Bible says here in, in 2 Corinthians 8, 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Notice, they're in the, they, they, they was living in the same days that we're living in. Because it says how that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Great things were happening in this church of Macedonia. Why? Because the grace of God was upon their lives. I'm glad God's grace is on my life. I want people to see God's grace on my life because why? People get saved when they see God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. I'm going to tell you something. I know days are dark. I know they're deceptive. I know they're discouraging. And a lot worse than I'm even painting this morning. But I'm telling you, God's for me. He's given me His Son, His Spirit, His Scriptures, His sufficient grace. And last of all, He's given me a song. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what you do for a pastime, but I like to sing. You said, can you sing? Well, that'd be for you to decide. I think I can sing pretty good, but there ain't nobody ever listening when I sing. That's my opinion. Your opinion may be different. But you know, the psalmist said in Psalm 40, he said, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and he brought him up out of a horrible pit. Where are we at? We're in a horrible pit. We're in miry clay. We don't even know how to get going again. But the psalmist said, The Lord lifted me up out of a horrible pit and put me on a solid rock and He established my going. And when He done that for me, He gave me a new song and David changed his song. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you what will help you in dark days. Learn a song. Learn a song. You know, I took my dog. I got a beagle. Somebody say amen about a beagle. If you had one, you wouldn't say amen. I promise you. He's a blue tick beagle. He looks like a hound dog, but he's short like a beagle. But I took him out this morning. Brother Mike, it was dark. Stars are shining. I looked up at the sky. All the stars in the sky. It was cool. But it was dark. You know what I heard though as I was walking him to his chain? Here's what I heard. The birds were singing. The birds were singing. I don't even hear very, I don't hear good, I don't hear too good. You know why I got constant ringing in my ears. Maybe you suffer with that. But I heard the birds singing. And it was dark. And I thought, these birds sing. It don't matter what they're facing, they're going to sing. And I'm going to tell you something, church. I know God's for me because down inside of me, I have a song in my heart. You said, preacher, what is the song? I'll just tell you, Revelations 5 and verse number 9, it's the song of the redeemed. Anybody ever heard that song that said, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. 
His child and forever I am. Forever I am. Dark days I'm, I am. Uh, deceptive days I am. I'm telling you, if the election goes south, I'm still, I'm still His child. And I'm going to continue to sing, I'm redeemed. I know God's for me. And if God be for me, then who can be against me, church? I'm telling you, it's the same way down on the south side of Winston-Salem. People are wearing masks. People are scared to death. Homes and lives have been uprooted. Children are suffering because they can't get back to school. I know it's dark. I know it's deceptive. You don't know who to trust. You see all these signs going up and down the road, vote for this candidate, vote for that candidate. You don't know who to trust. I know that, but you can trust Jesus. Amen. How do I know He's for me? He gave me His Son. He gave me His Spirit. What else did He give me? He gave me the Scripture. He gave me sufficiency of grace. And He's able to make all grace abound toward me. You say, preacher, what if I need more grace for tomorrow? He's able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have an all-sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. And then He's given me a song. And I'm telling you, if since I know all that, I can look at all these things around me and I can say this, since God's for me, who? can be against me. Since God's for me, then who can be against me? Let me close and ask this question. Do you know God's for you? I know God's for me. I know God's for you. Even if you're here today and you've never been saved, if you died right now, you're not sure you'd go to heaven. I know God's for you. So preacher, how do you know that? Because 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary, Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And He said, Whoever comes to Me, He said, I will in no wise cast him out. And if you're here today and you've never been saved, I know God's for you and He's given you another chance today to be saved. And if you'll come to Him, you can be saved. And you can look at all these things going on around you and you can say this, Since God's for me, then who can be against me? But if you're here today and you're already saved, and yet you're discouraged because the times are dark and deceptive and all that, What's this right here? How much you look at God and say, I know He's for me because of what He's gave to me. He gave me His Son. He gave me His Scripture. He gave me His Spirit. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And I promise you, your days will be brighter. If you're here today and you're discouraged, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? Let's all stand. We'll close in prayer. I don't know if I'm supposed to give the invitation, but I will. I don't know if there's going to be a song of invitation, but if they're not, I'm just going to give you time to pray. But if you're here today and you've never been saved, God's for you. He didn't come here to condemn you. He come here to save you. And if you need to be saved, you come. I'll take the Bible and show you how you can be saved. I've already told you, but I can show you how to be saved. But if you're here today and you're saved, but yet you're discouraged because of the times around us, hey, I want you to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Look to what God's done for you. He's gave His Son, His Spirit, His Scriptures, His sufficiency of grace, His song. He's given it all to you. And I'm telling you, He's going to continue to give it to you no matter how much you need of it. I promise you, God is for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for what You've done for us. We will never, ever, ever, and could never repay what You've done for us. We praise You, Lord. Now, Father, I pray you take the message. Encourage people. I, I want to be an encouragement. And I believe you've given me these thoughts just to be an encouragement. I pray you'd encourage everybody that's here.
And if there's here one uh, that's lost and never been saved, Lord, please save them. Let them know. Speak to their heart by your Spirit. And say this, God is for you. God is for you. God, I pray you'd speak to their heart right now. Draw them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then, if that one's discouraged, may they build themselves up on what's been preached today. May they leave here more encouraged than they were when they got here. And God, will praise you and thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just continue to have a moment of prayer for just a little bit longer again as was spoken in the message. Even though we are living in perilous times, God is still in control. Let's, let's take a moment even to pray that God would, God would encourage us in that and that we would truly believe that. And that we would go out this week and share the hope of the gospel with everyone. Let's just continue in a moment, um, in a moment of prayer. God, I thank you for giving us the hope of salvation. I thank you, God, that you aren't silent on the fact that things are not going as well as we would want them to be. Uh, you've already told us that uh, things are going to get worse. And so I thank you, God, for uh, telling us that, but then not just leaving us there, but telling us uh, that you are still in control. Nothing can separate us from your love. I thank you, Lord, for uh, for the man who brought the message. I pray that you would bless him and his family. I pray that you would give us strength this week to share the gospel with those at work and with anyone whom we meet. We love you, God, and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, before we sing our closing song, that's Brother Brother Goff and his lovely wife. They'd head on to the back and so they can shake hands with folks on the way out and or wave, or elbow, or whatever. You extend your hand, he'll shake your hand. I remember how he said that. Before we do that, we're going to embarrass somebody first. And uh, I have in my hands a marriage certificate. This is to certify. I like that word. Certify. That Edmund, not Edward, but Edmund, and Cheyenne Wilson were wed on the 10th day of October in the year 2020 at the Staples Farm in Hillsville, Virginia. So if you guys come forward, we'll give you your marriage certificate this morning. Y'all give them a hand. Back from the whirlwind tour. I think they went to West Virginia, Tennessee, Virginia, uh, who knows where else. And uh, and they'd still be gone if they hadn't run out of money. they got to go back to work. Amen. But anyway, God bless you. Congratulations. Yes, sir. All right. We'll close with this song here. All right, as you can see on the screen, <clears throat> we're going to close with the solid rock, just the first verse and the chorus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, 
but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Thank you for singing. You are dismissed.